All right, who's enjoyed conference so far? Yeah. Yeah. Who, uh, who missed the first session? Oh, Alicia mm. here. Ellie, that's uh, Leah. <laughs> I, Leah, I corrected it. Leah. Leah. That's good. Okay, so we're we ready for it. So we're going to start, I've got a quote here from Pastor Rob Santosfano, this guy here. I heard this from him last week, and this is what he said. Um, a way to grow is to ask questions. That's a pretty cool quote. A way to grow is to ask questions. And so, because uh, we were at this, for some of us church ministry leader people, he um, got us into this thing, and we had with Pastor John Spinella, and he was saying a way to grow is to ask questions. And so for this conference, the whole thing of us is to grow, and so we grow by asking some questions. And so... If you've got your note-taking devices, iPads, drawing, books, whatever, yeah, however you take notes. Um, Draw a picture of yeah. your pastor. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> and then um, uh, we'll do it. But I'll quickly, I'm going to quickly start with this. Who remembers uh, starting when I preached about coming out of hiding? And I had the jack-in-the-box and I was like, come out of hiding. And I was talking about um, the church isn't meant to be hidden. And so I, I said this, and like I had this premise that when something grows, it's hard to hide. Remember that? And I was talking about like, a, I've never heard a, a pregnant woman who's obviously pregnant say, you go, oh, so how's it going? And they go, oh, no, there's no baby here. Like, you just <laughs> don't hear that. And eventually we noticed that when something grows, it's hard to hide. Eventually it comes out and there's a baby there. And so I believe, I was saying for, as a church, just like the jack in the box, when something grows, it's hard to hide. It's hard to hide the jack when it pops up. I believe that's the way the church should be. And I encourage all of us here, when we grow, it's hard to hide. When we grow in our love, that's hard to hide, all those aspects. And so hopefully today, it's going to be an opportunity for us to ask questions and grow. And as we grow, it's the evidence in our life is going to be hard to hide. And so um, that's when we start. So we've got some cool, que- some serious questions at the start. This could be like friendship-breaking questions. So um, Pepsi or Coke? Definitely Coke. <laughs> Coke for me. Yeah. Amen. <laughs> That's good. Uh, who reckons, you, like, especially with pizza, you can't not have Coke with pizza. That's not the best. Pepsi and pizza, nah. Like, no way. All right. Um, second one. Um, how do you, like, if you were given a Toblerone right now, how would you eat it? Like, how would you break it off? I'd give it to my wife as a present. Aww. Would you? Oh. <laughs> no, so Layla was doing the other thing when you crack it off. I had this mind blow the other day when I was watching YouTube. You're supposed to push it towards yourself. Oh, no. And it I've like, been doing it wrong cracks, the whole, I know. my whole life is a lie. I know, I know. it's crazy. <laughs> um, so uh, now we'll go to some more serious ones. So um, how long have you been in ministry for? We'll start with Pastor Rob. How long have you been in ministry for? And what have you done? <laughs> what have you done? Uh, probably about 25 years as a you know, uh, recognised ministry. Yeah. Oh, yeah, sweet. Okay. Pastor Layla? Um, yeah, so as a full-time pastor, probably about two years, uh, but I've been a youth pastor for seven years. Oh, seven years. So, see, Sorry, these, guys, the <coughs> these guys have, um, obviously, 25 years and seven years. What's that, 30 years? Over two. 30 years? 32. So that's 32. like 32 years of wisdom for us to be able to mm. learn from. So that's really cool. And so we'll have, I'll ask this question. And so in that time, what have you done, Pastor Rob? Or is that youth? Worship leading, or what's that? I've done a home group leader, mm-hmm. uh, connect group leader in different churches, uh, welcome team uh, leader, um, district leaders, uh, yeah. you know, leadership things. Uh, I've done youth pastor. I was a youth leader before that. Um, I've done church setup, where we used to have to bring a Michael. truck to the church with yeah. chairs all on the back of it and uh, all that sort of stuff. So uh, I've done... 
opening the church doors. So I've done all sorts of stuff. Welcome team. Uh, yeah, just about everything, I think. Are you Pastor yeah. Lila? Um, yeah, very similar for me. So lots of just serving anywhere and everywhere. Uh, I've done kids ministry, youth ministry, young adults ministry, connect group leader, um, welcome team, oh, everything. And drama team. I was on the drama, drama. team. Yeah, I did drama team. And music team. I play a saxophone. So Sweet. Still on the worship team at church. So quick question. I've you. done song leading too. Oh, oh, that's funny. <laughs> Can you give us an example? Yeah, yeah, no, please, demonstration. Shout to, Shout, to Shout to the Lord. It was just wrong. So what's that? He's going to leave tonight <laughs> at one youth conference. Yeah. <laughs> I think Shout to the Lord needs to come back. So you're saying you did drama. Was there any funny stories you've had from doing a drama thing? Or Yes, we once, well, we used to do drama things and go around to other youth groups and churches. And, you know, we did it in Melbourne, uh, in the city, on Friday nights and Saturday nights. We'd take the team and do dramas to try and evangelise. And once we, <laughs> once, well, it didn't work, but... <coughs> but once we went again. to, uh, we were going to another youth group because our, our pastor was going to preach at this youth group and he told us to come and do some dramas there. But we, none of us knew where the place was. So we all assumed that someone else knew. And we had this big practice Saturday afternoon then went to leave and we didn't know where the place was. So we went to the suburb where, where we knew the church was, but we didn't have an address of where it was. And we didn't have mobiles in those days, so we couldn't ring anybody. So we went to this suburb and we're driving around. It's, it's Melbourne, it's raining, it's cold, and we couldn't see where we're going. And we drove into this building with the lights on and it was a wedding reception. So we all go out thinking, oh, this must be it. And there's bride and groom having dinner and we're like, oh, this isn't it. <laughs> so then we asked someone there if they knew where this place was and we found our way eventually. But we were late. Right. So mm. oh, Cool. So my last question is obviously you've been in church life for a while then. <coughs> What's probably the funniest and craziest things you've seen in church life? I'll start with you, Pastor Layla. If you got anything. Funniest and craziest. Um, being a pastor, like obviously I've been in a lot of different church services. I think my favourite thing is when people do awkward things in awkward moments. So we had one of our um, keyboard girls like get up to play keys behind like a big name preacher I can't remember who it was but it was someone like from America or whatever and she gets up to play keys and she tripped and fell on her face on the stage I'm like that is so awkward because it's like a really quiet moment and she's just tripped on the stage um, so that's probably one of my favourite moments <laughs> Have you got any pass Rob? Oh, there's lots and lots, but I just can't What's think of one, one right now. Okay. I can't. I can't. I don't know. If you get you, it, budge in late and tell us. I'd have to. I'd have to think. But yeah, yeah right. be around church and you see lots and lots of funny stuff, uh, lots yeah. of crazy stuff. So with that, then um, we're going to uh, a serious question. And so the qu the main question will be is like, how do you hear from God? And so some sub questions for us to think about is like, so how have you grown? How have you seen others grow? And how have you seen? And then so in the opposite question is, so how have you seen people disconnect from hearing from God? Um, yeah, far away. How do you hear from God? I think there's various ways we can hear from God. And, and there's always people who tell you that God's told them. God told me to leave school. God told me to go to America. God told me to do all sorts of things. But the most accurate way to hear God, that, and you know that it's God, is when you read the Bible and, and you get... Uh, daily doses of God's word into your spirit and then when you face life's challenges you go well the Bible says it sh I should live like this that's and that's yep. the most accurate way some 
Some people say, well, God speaks to them through dreams. I'm not saying that's not right. God has spoken to me through dreams. Sometimes you just get a, uh, an impression or an idea and God can speak to you through that. But the most um, accurate way and I think the safest way is to uh, measure all those things that you feel God might be telling you by what the word, yeah. you know, the Bible tells you. Yeah. yeah, I think the same, like just from a quite a young age, I um, just learned to hear the voice of God through reading the Bible um, and I remember someone saying that um, if you don't have wisdom, you should pray for wisdom and God will give it to you. So just from, I think, the age of eight, I used to pray, God, I pray that you would give me wisdom and you'd help, help me to hear your voice. And um, so it's just as simple as that, just reading the Bible and um, being in the right environment as well, I think, is a key, like getting yourself into church and making sure you're in the place where you can hear the voice of God. So you're That's going good. to youth and you're going yeah. to church and um, God speaks to us through the preachers, God speaks to us through our leaders, God speaks to us in a number of different ways. But yeah, obviously, if you're in the Word of God and you're reading your Bible, um, that's the most powerful way that God can that's speak cool. to you. So I've just got another question from that would be, so like often we can, people can reread their Bible and praying, and we can often feel like, well, I'm not getting anything, I'm not, I don't know, is this, and then we might have a thought where we go, is this my thought, is this God's thought, how do you, def- how do we, how can we position ourselves to get clarity and understand what God's speaking to us about in those situations? Just that, to start that question again, what was so, it? So, if I read the Bible and pray, mm-hmm. but I don't get anything back, oh. like, yep, Pastor Rob, <laughs> good for you. It's, I think the best answer to that is if you plant a seed in the ground and then think you want to see something the next morning. Boom. It's totally. not, you're probably going to see just a bare patch of ground or a bare pot or whatever it is that you planted in. Um, so when it comes to the, to, um, the Word of God and, and growing and developing in that, it's a process that you can draw on. If you don't plant anything in the ground, so you're not good. going to get something at, at harvest time. So you've got to say... Every time you bring yourself to church or go to youth group or go uh, into your own bedroom and start to read the Bible and say, God, uh, I want to learn from you and get closer to you, uh, they're like deposits of seed that you're sowing into your own life that then when that grows, you're able to use it. Uh, The big problem is a lot of people think, well, I've been doing this for for, for two days and I haven't seen God do anything yet. Well, you you keep doing it for two years or even longer and those things will build in your life and then you'll start seeing that you're making decisions based on God's way, not just your own imagination or your own feelings. Yeah, great. I'll just add one thing to that. that Yeah, that's good. I think that's awesome. One thing I would add, I'm not going to add on to every question, but for myself, I know there's days where I go, you know what, I read the Bible and I pray. And there isn't really anything I'm like, heard it all before, read it all before. And sometimes it's good for us to go, well, I've got to reapply this to my life. But that when I have those days, it's sometimes two months later, a month later, a, six months later, and then something comes up in my life. And because, as Pastor Rob said, you planted the seed, you made the deposit, then that then goes, oh, I remember that in the Bible back then. And at the time, it's like, Pff. but when the time hits you, if you never made those deposits, you'd never get it when you need it. So, um, Hopefully that is another one. So that's pretty cool. So, um, yeah, and then our last question for that one is then, how would you encourage people to grow in hearing God's voice? Would there be any way that you'd go? If you were at a basic level, say, reading the Bible, how would you encourage someone to grow in, in that more or something? 
Um, I would say, like, if you have youth leaders and stuff that you can talk to, um, I think one way that I would love, <laughs> yeah, Pastor Josh, um, one way that I would love to see my young people grow in my youth ministry is just if they're reading a passage, they just come and talk to me about what they feel like God um, gave them out of that passage, and then I can speak into that and say, oh, have you heard, have you thought of this and give them my revelation and I think from from just chatting with your pastors or your leaders about what God's speaking to you to you and about in the Bible you can grow in really hearing from God in that way that's cool and so um the next question is then is potential killers and so obviously we're talking about growth and um how do we and how we grow so obviously there's opposite to growth and that's like a potential killer what kills the growth potential and so what are some main or major stumbling blocks you wish youth could understand and apply so they aren't being held back from their calling and their destiny? destiny? And so what are some cringe factors you see with youth who go, like, why are you doing that? Is there some things that you see that stop people from growing and developing in their walks with God? Pastor Layla? Um, yeah, I reckon putting yourself in bad environments, just wrong environments, um, is not necessarily like that they're sinful or that you're doing the wrong thing or anything like that but the more you put yourself in that bad environment the more you're um you're sort of stopping that seed from growing if you see a seed planted in good soil grows and flourishes but a seed planted in you know dry cracked ground doesn't have as much of a chance of growing so i think if you put yourself in the right environment you give yourself the the most possible chance of growing so get in the right environments and try and stay away from the the wrong that's really good I think staying in the same place for too long and your heart um, becomes cold. If you do the same thing too many times, if you find yourself serving in in a particular place in church and then it becomes a chore, then you start thinking, well, I don't want to do this anymore. But you're not giving yourself that place of challenge. And I think that's a big part of of walking in faith is that you're doing things that you can't do on your own and in your own strength. So to stay fresh and alive, you've got to be stepping into... Uh, new challenges all the time and, and taking you know, responsibility. You might have started uh, helping in some way in youth, uh, but then you might think, well, this isn't really uh, a challenge to me anymore. That's when you need to talk to your youth leaders and say, what else can I do to keep me growing? Um, so that, that's a good thing. The other thing is, another big killer is, is sin is a deceiver. And if you allow yourself to go down pathways Uh, that you know aren't right, whatever that is in your life, and that sin will deceive you saying, but it's okay for you to do that because God understands you. No, sin is sin. So when when you have those issues in your life, you have to keep going back to God, um, confessing those things, dealing with those things, uh, and running to God. So what often I think the biggest killer even in churches is uh, people can go along really good, they have a relapse, they do something that they know they shouldn't have done, and then instead of going, uh-oh, I've made a mistake once, and now I'll turn back to God, they go, well, I've done it, I might as well run the other way. And they run away from God. Yeah. My biggest thing is whenever you have a, a, a breakdown, of, of, you know, so to speak, run back to God all the time. Because so God is yeah. able to deal with the root cause and heal you inside rather than you running, running further into sin and then you go, you know, it's too hard to come back. I've got a question for all the years. Would you say perfectionist is a potential killer? Yes, good. I'm glad you listened to the first session. All right. Um, and so we've heard, been heard this word a few times. And so what does being planted mean? So why is it important? Uh, so not just church or youth jumping. So here to that one, this one here. Uh, so all being casual. Um, yeah. And so 
some things that could be like a, maybe accountability, disconnected mm. from people that can take you to the next level. Mm. What are your thoughts on that? Uh, what, what does being planted okay. mean? Uh, Luke 10, 7. Jesus sent out his disciples into um, places. He said, go out, you know, go and uh, prepare these towns for, for my arrival. And so all the disciples went out. And he said there, don't move around from house to house. He said, when you go into a village or a town, go to one house and stay there. Yeah. And he said, eat and drink what they, what they provide for you. That's, uh, you know, I guess it's a practical thing Jesus said, but there's a real powerful spiritual uh, story in that that we need to, to learn from. And that is God wants you to stay in a, a house or a place. We, we could translate that word into a particular church or a youth group. Um, and it says, eat and drink what they provide. So every church will have a, a menu, a spiritual menu that we're, we're bringing uh, to your life. And the, I think a lot of times when people are disconnected from a particular church and they go, well, you know, I feel like going to this church today and I feel like going to that youth group next week. And, and you have that um, uh, moving around kind of attitude in your life, you don't allow yourself to grow deeply in to where God wants you to be. Now, there's nothing sinful if you think from time to time you're going to go and visit a friend at their church or a youth group, but you don't grow into the call and the uh, potential within your life if you're always moving around because you don't know really where you belong. I look at it like this. It's like taking a, a, a tree and uh, the Bible says that you know, God, wants, God prunes our life, prunes the branch for more fruit. But what you do when you move around, you don't know where you belong, where you say, well, I go to this church on, on this week and I go to that church next week and I kind of just fit in everywhere because I'm a global Christian. That sounds really noble, but it's really dumb too. So, so what you're doing is you're not cutting your branches off, you're yeah, cutting wow. your roots off. Yeah, wow. and, and if you do that too many times, then basically your spirit will just die. It'll dry up. The, where you get your nutrients from is from your local church. Yeah, it's, right. now, the people have taken this all the wrong way and they've made church pastors and leaders have made church a, a control mechanism in people's life it's not a control mechanism it's a it's a a place where people's spirits can grow their potential is outworked and they can be part of a community that changes uh things for the better because yeah. people are working together so this afternoon uh, jimmy came up to my house and had to move a, a big water tank around and by myself i couldn't do it but with jimmy's mighty power we were able to reposition this tank um, and that's what it's like in, in a youth group or in a church is God has placed you there with other people that the, do, the job for me was just too big. I couldn't push this tank by myself. With one other person, we could put it anywhere we wanted. So with you, with 20 or 30 people in a youth group or 50, you might think, well, it's too much for me to, to change my high school. But in a youth group, you can change it. In a church, we can change Port Lincoln. But if, we're, if we don't have a committed core of people, we'll, we won't change our underpants. So, so I shouldn't have said that. But, but you, know, you, you won't make a difference in anything if you're trying to work all by yourself. Amen. Yeah, that's good. You got anything on to add? That's cool. All right. So number eight, uh, how do you grow spiritually? So um, how have you grown? Uh, another thing could be is how have you seen others grow? Um, how have you seen nobody kids become hero leaders? Um, if, if so, what did they do maybe? And how have you seen um, people destroy and chop themselves down maybe as well? So, um, go ahead. And so I'll just quickly add this, some quotes that I've heard about you might explain a bit more. So if you don't stand for anything, you'll fall for anything. And the other one, like Pastor Rob, you love it. Show me your friends and I'll show you your future. 
Um, and then Pastor Rob, you also, also at church will often talk about the godly in the land being our true heroes. Yeah. And so maybe you might want to expand on some of that stuff. But then, so yeah, how do you grow spiritually? Okay, how have I grown spiritually? Um, just as a kid, I grew up in church and so I just made sure that I was part of everything that I could possibly be a part of at church. So I was in kids' church, I was doing all of the object lessons, I would put my hand up, any, any volunteer that they needed, I was always a volunteer. Uh, youth, I would go to youth every Friday, um, was just always in church. Anything that I could possibly do to, um, to serve the church, I did it. And I felt like through that, because I was serving God and I was uh, in that right environment, um, I think obviously your relationship with God is like a seed. And if you're in the right environment, the environment, the the seed, the soil that you're in is just going to grow your seed uh, naturally. So I didn't really have to do too much intentionally um, to grow. I was just in the right environment. I obviously um, plugged into my Bible worshipped God, had that real personal, intimate relationship with the Holy Spirit that I think is really key to growing in your walk with God. So prayer, worship, reading the Bible and being in the right environment has been the right thing for me. I would agree totally with that. I think the easiest thing we neglect is just to develop a relationship with God for ourselves. I'm not the um, best reader or the smartest person around, but I remember just having a, a desire to know God and, and my youth pastor used to say um, if you know he used to always say read your Bible and pray and every time I go to him with a problem he'd say how's your Bible reading going and I used to think why are you asking me that question for because I haven't read it for like two months um, but I started to get this thing well maybe maybe if I start to read my Bible then God might start to speak to me yeah. more clearly yeah. so I started to just uh, make an effort every day and I must say I didn't do it every day but I tried and I would read my Bible and and anything that that I felt you know I understood at a, at a sort of you know, new level I'll just write that down in an in a exercise book and I just kept doing that and and I still do that today um, much more disciplined with it these days um, but if you just talk to God a lot and and read the Bible with an open spirit saying God will you teach me something today then God does show you things, um, but it, it can take a while. I remember the very first like, sudden revelation that God gave me. I was reading my Bible and was reading about people of Egypt, uh, sorry, the Israelites leaving Egypt when they'd been slaves and they went through the Red Sea. And suddenly I thought, that's just like getting born again, being saved. You're coming out of slavery, out of being a, a, a slave and bondage to being set free. And, and I remember telling my mum, that, that's... That's what that story's all about. And I probably heard it before but never understood it. And then it was like, uh, but that took probably, you know, five or six years of reading my Bible and no real great revelations except for the obvious. And what I love is when there's, you see the story that's in the story that you can't see in the story, but it's there. And that's what God wants us to all live in where we're seeing things that aren't obvious yet because they're awakened in your spirit. And God wants to put a the Holy Spirit within us in such a way that, that we can read the Bible and we don't just see the story, but we see what's behind it and what's in it and the threads of life that God pours into you when you understand that. Um, so, you know, desire the Holy Spirit. Um, desire to understand uh, with more clarity what the Bible's about because the Bible is a living word. It's, it's incredible. I just can't get enough of it. Um, and, you know, I used to hear people say that and I'm thinking like, 
what? <laughs> but, but it's true, but you've got, to, you've got to give yourself over to the word and God will speak to you in, in amazing ways because inside of you, can, you know, the, the potential for God to use you is going to be locked in how much you love his word. And his word in John 1 says the word became flesh and the word was, was always, the word created everything and the word was God and is God. And it says the word became flesh. That means the word became, it was Jesus. And if we, we say we love Jesus, we can't love him more than we love his word, which he is. He's all through that sort of weird analogies that God gives, but it's the absolute truth. So we can't say we love God if, and we say, oh, I don't read my Bible. We can't also say we love God if we aren't connected to a, a church and committed to that church um, because that is you know, what Jesus came for. Yeah. And he, wants to, he, he came to build the church, uh, not to divide it. That's it. <coughs> I've got another question for you. Um, so regarding to, say, leadership stuff, and so a lot of times in life, whether it's football, um, netball, school, obviously a lot of times you think, oh, we've made it when we've become a leader. So whether it's like, say, like a public school prefect or college captain, um, um, football club, the captain, or netball club being the captain of your team. Um, so obviously leadership is often, some people go, no, I don't want to do that. But then a lot of people go, I'd aspire to do that. And even the thing that's in Timothy talks about, he who desires, a, uh, desires to be in a le- position of leadership desires a good thing. Yeah. Um, what are your thoughts about people that, you know what, I'd love to be a leader. What would you, how would you encourage them to, uh, what steps to take or things to do so they, they can position themselves to be a leader? Mm. And uh, I'll just quickly say this thing before I say as well. I know for myself, we always are a leader whether we want to be or not. Mm. We have influence whether we want to or not. Yeah. But um, I'll, I'll then I'll shoot over to you, you yeah. guys, whoever wants to say something. Yeah, awesome. So um, aspiring to leadership, I think the best place to start is to serve. Obviously, Jesus tells us that um, if you want to be the greatest in the kingdom, you've got to, uh, you've got to serve. And so, um, yeah, I see the greatest leaders coming from people who just start by serving, saying, you know, Pastor Josh, Pastor Rob, what can I do to help? Do you want me to help set up chairs or help make the food or be on the candy bar or whatever? And through um, serving, uh, God says, if you're faithful in the little things, I'll give you much. Um, and I actually have a really cool story of, um, of this that happened with one of my youth boys. So I've been a youth pastor for seven years. So uh, he's just sort of graduated school, came in when he was about 13, 14, something like that. And he came from a really rough background, like the worst neglected background, had Asperger's and just came from a really tough background. Um, but he always desired to be a leader and he desired to be, um, to help out and um, to serve. And so he would come every week and be faithful and say, Layla, what can I do to help out? And he'd set up the chairs and he'd do these different things. And um, over the years, he just grew in his capacity, grew in his ability to serve and to do things. So because he was faithful with just setting up the chairs or doing those sorts of things, we gave him more and more and more. And now... Um, he's just in he's like 19 or 20 or something and all of our church staff are saying oh wow i wish we could put this guy on a day a week because he's just amazing we need to get him on staff he runs all of our av um department our like yeah our lighting and that sort of thing so um god can really take anyone from anywhere with any limitations and if you're just willing to say god i want to serve i want to do whatever um and this week i'm putting that guy on um our core team at youth as well so you know his dreams are coming true because he just started by saying how can i serve what can i do i think um leadership is something that god uh develops in all of us and he wants us to be leaders in our own areas where we can influence people if we're in a sporting team you can be a leader there whether you're the captain or not 
in your row when you sit in church, you can be a leader in your worship. Um, so we've got lots of la- layers of leadership in our lives. I always, I mean, I'm more nervous of people who are, who are ambitious rather than desiring leadership because ambition actually does kill people. Um, so that, that, that can be a, a, a real worldly thing to say, you, you know, what are your ambitions? And, and you might think that's, you know, you want to do great things. Uh, but that can actually really destroy you spiritually and emotionally. But I've, I've made a term that I think is much more important that if you can live, make Jesusship your goal, not leadership. And leadership will chase you. Um, I've always just concentrated on my relationship with God and doors, amazing doors have opened to me and I've never even looked for any. I've never had to knock on doors or kick down doors or push open doors or uh, get favours from people to, to you know, make a way for me. But when you've set your course to uh, serve Jesus and to know him and love him, then he opens the doors for you into leadership, into favour, into goodness and blessing. Um, and he does that for you. Uh, but if you're saying, well, I've got to be a leader. And, and I, I remember once as a youth leader, we had a youth pastor and there was a, a group of us who were leaders and I became the assistant youth pastor. And one of the other leaders came to me. He was all upset and angry because he wasn't chosen. And he said to me, I want your job. And he goes, and you're not doing your job good enough. It's your job to keep Nigel in line and all this. He was our youth pastor. And his whole perspective was totally wrong because our job is not to keep, you know, if, if you're a team leader or a team worker, your job's not to keep anyone else in line. Your job is to make sure the vision gets done. So if that is, you know, you know, whatever element you're able to bring to that, then, then you've got to be saying, hey, uh, Josh or, or whoever you're working with, what can I do to help that vision happen? And so many people get way off the mark because they're, they're thinking the church is there to serve them. But when you start to serve your church, then that's what God's building and that's what God will bless in your life. So we've got to understand that. But keep your eyes on saying, Jesus, I just want to follow you. I want to, I want to do my best for you. And when you do that with a genuine spirit, you can't keep up with the amount of opportunities yeah, that will come at so you. Yeah. You can never keep up with them. I'm, I'm finding myself doing things these days that I, I'm just thinking, why, why are they giving me these opportunities? I, I, I just can't understand it. But I've not chased after that. But it's because I've just kept my focus on, on trying to say, well, Lord, I want to follow you. I want to hear your voice. And then um, by doing that, then things just come to you without even trying. That's great. Well, uh, that brings us to a close.